Y'all ready for this? You went there. You did it. I did it. Threw it out at you. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to LCC's podcast, Pursuit of Purpose. I am Nate Luke, joined here this evening with Kevin Stuckey. What's up? Not the normal sup. Sup. There you go. <laughs> Nelson Combs. Hey there. And finally, my boy. After a month of <laughs> sabbatical. I was going to say Hiatus. That. <laughs> Hiatus. Okay, that works. I gave you, I gave you sabbatical. Okay. That's... Pretty good one. Yeah, that is good. Cody Jeweler. What's up? We are really, really happy to be back. I'm um, going to have some fun tonight. Um, talk about some some good things that you know have been on our minds lately and some things that we're going through as well currently. And uh, yeah, going to be going to be some good stuff. First of all, we're going to start this segment off with some news. Uh, guys, as if we didn't think 2021 could get any worse. <laughs> Wait, it's gotten worse? We're only 21 days in. I know, come on. Listen, listen. It's, I think, it's getting worse. I think there's a lot of potential for worse. I was hoping I, for I, better. I think there's potential to get better. It's, it's getting worse. Squirrels are wielding knives now. Oh, oh, oh no. I'm... I'm I don't joke around about squirrels. Is this a guys. local thing? No, it's Toronto, Canada. They don't oh. even count. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> wow. Canadian squirrels don't count. No. <laughs> they are North American squirtles. Squir- I said squirtles. <laughs> <laughs> like Cody's a Pokemon. A big Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. Uh, well, they don't count until they're down here with their knives yeah. and throwing them at you. That's so true. Be on the lookout for knife wielding squirrels, everybody. Mm. Uh, we also have some uh, some big news going on in our church right now. We are kind of in the middle of a 20, well, I wouldn't say the middle, more the beginning of a 21-day fast. Um, we've uh, This is something that Kevin kind of brought up to the congregation uh, last week at church, and we started it this past Monday. Um, we all have our uh, ways of fasting. Um, we may or may not get into uh, talking about some of those, but... Um, we are in the middle of that, so yeah. I think too, Nate. Like I just say, you know, it's not to be secretive, right? But I, I do think like knowing, you know, that when we fast, it's not something that we really want to like point to or point out. That was one. Like, I mean, if, even if you look at scripture, like one of the problems that like the Pharisees had, and Jesus complained about this, was the fact that these guys are. They they would fast, which is a very spiritual and good thing to do. But then they would they would be like, "Woe is me! Look at me!" And you know, and 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 Jesus says, "That is your reward, right there." You know, when I think, you know, what what we're really hoping for, the goal of any fast is spiritual breakthrough and centering, you know, our lives on Christ. And so, again, I, you know, this is a corporate fast. It's a fast we're doing as a church, and it's and, and this is a time where we want to instruct and teach. And so I'm not saying we absolutely will not talk about what we're fasting from, but I think there needs to be at least a care and a humility with how we talk about, you know, those things um, to where it doesn't center and focus on that thing. But the bigger thing that we're trying to accomplish in that, which is, you know, just, just a, a deeper um, and more centered focus on Jesus Christ um, and, and, a clear understanding of what he's calling us to and the life that we should be living. You know, and and that's why I think as we as we talk about that, 
talking maybe more about like the spiritual breakthrough of it would be maybe as good a way to handle it as, as what we're actually doing. But I do know like there are a lot of questions. And so I would just say like, you know, in the comment section, you know, when we share this on Facebook, if that's, if you check it out there, you know, if you have questions or thoughts on that, um, we're kicking around the idea of even starting like a Facebook page possibly, um, and what that looks like. And so we'll have maybe a, a bigger opportunity to like share some things. But if you have some questions or whatever that you would like answered about that, that's a good place to reach us or just email me or, or text me, Nate, Cody, Nelson, you know, uh, we'd love to talk about anything, you know, from the fast standpoint that you guys, you know, won't have questions about. I would just give one plug before I pass it back to you, Nate. <laughs> um, I've been reading um, Celebration of Discipline by Richard J. Foster. Um, and uh, he, um, the, he's got a whole section on fasting in that. And so he and he answers some of those questions. It's, for, it's a general kind of, you know... Uh, outline of, of, of what it is and what it should be and how we should focus our time. But if you have questions, that is, first and foremost, I would go there. Um, it's great. You can get it on on your book app or whatever. So uh, check that out. Richard J. Foster, Celebration of Discipline. Yeah, and you actually you posted something on Facebook a little while ago, and I, I read over it, and I, I thought it was just a really quick but really good explanation of you know, where our mindset should be during a fast. Um, like you said, it's, it's a humbling process. It, it shouldn't be as much about, you know, quote unquote, testing yourself as it is more, you know, humbling yourself before God, um, and, and just showing humility and exalting him more than anything. So I I thought that was a really good, uh, really good thing you posted. And I think that's, that's spot on. And that's, that's from that book, correct? Celebration of discipline. Yeah, he talks about it was it was something that hit me really hard and that was just the fact that like we can cover up what's really going on with our lives in a lot of different ways and one of the ways that we do that is through food. <laughs> you know, and and just you know that that being a part of I mean when they say comfort food, I mean that that it's there legit. is yeah. yeah, it's legit. Sure. I mean that yeah. really it it really is. Um but he talks about the fact that when when you're fasting, it reveals things in your life, struggles that you may have been able to kind of just brush over because of food and other things in your life, and so it it really reveals some of that you know who you really are, and I think it's it can be a very growing time, but should be a very humbling time like for us in that um, as we as we spend that time trying to find God in a deeper way. Yeah, definitely. Going to make me think a little bit more next time I uh, chug that gallon of ice cream. (laughs) 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 So good, though. (laughs) I'm not saying there isn't a time and place for comfort foods, okay? (laughs) There's definitely a place for that. Yes. Yes. Here in February, when Dairy Queen Uh, opens back up, it will be a time and place for it. Countdown has begun. Oh, what's coming for you, Dairy Queen? (laughs) Yeah, good stuff, fellas. Um, I don't know. I mean, Cody, Nelson, I don't know if you guys, do you feel comfortable sharing, you know, just kind of what you're doing for this time of fast or really mine's kind of focused on, um, like really kind of bringing Christ more into my workplace through me, like, you know, like more centered for, for me to be a Christian at work really is kind of where it's kind of landed. Um, and it's, 
the beginning part of this is really kind of just show me kind of like how selfish I can be with my time instead yeah. of really like, you know, God's, you know, God's given me an opportunity at my work to be there as a, I mean, as an employee, uh, and I need to use that time wisely. And instead of doing the selfish things that whatever it may be, uh, to be able to step up and, and be different and to have people, you know, question that yeah. as to why you're doing it. So we're just getting started though. So, you know, it's still, still trying to figure it all out. I know you said like you had a plan with what you were going to do and how you were going to kind of serve. <clears throat> yeah, I was, and uh, it got messed up. Yeah. Your schedule's it, been like, it got hectic. messed up with people being off and, and <laughs> I'm overbooked and overworked at times. And so I can't really go out of my plan. But it's really not our plan anyway. So, you know, this whole idea is just to really focus on God and and that time and to be able to focus. It's, it's At work is an easy place to, to not focus on God. Absolutely. It's easy to focus on your job and not care about the people that are around you and and to just move on and then clock out. And I, I think it's just it's a really good time for me to recenter and help to, to be that light in that place. Good. I would say for me, it's just spending and investing more time in my wife and, um, you know, it's easy to be distracted from distractions in your daily life. And so this week I've kind of struggled with it work related, kind of like Nelson, a little overworked, but the times and chances I've had, like Paige and I have really just sat down and just enjoyed each other's company. And that's nice. Like when you don't do that and you let life just kind of pass through, uh, you don't realize that you're skipping a lot of moments and times with your with your spouse. Not putting my kids to the to the side burner, but um, I think in order to have a good functioning Christian home, you really have to invest that time in relationship with your spouse. And so that's something that I've really invested in here. The last week is doing that and just sitting on the couch, not really getting on the phone. Um, having a conversation, talking about each other's day, listening to what she's saying. Um, she's, you know, listening Which to what I'm saying. should be easy, but it's, it's not. not. It's not. <laughs> and I've had these conversations with a lot of guys um, that struggle at work in the past about, you know, how their relationship's struggling. And, and you know, it's it, they're like, my wife comes home from this job and she says she has a bad day. And I don't really want to listen to her mm-hmm. because she has no idea what a bad day looks like because I see a bad day all the time. Right. And I was that guy, you know. And so... <clears throat> But I was told a long time ago that their bad day is just as equal as yours. They just It's not their fault. They're not in a position that you're in. And, and be an active listener and care. And, and um, so that's what we're, that's where I'm doing this week. So Last night I got, um, you know, just I think from the fast, it's just it's made things that normally would be normally would be things that I wouldn't mind wasting my time on and just allowing to occupy that right. that space. They, they just don't, they're not fulfilling. No, they're not as fulfilling as they, as they were. And so I'm laying there, you know, on the couch, just covered up in a blanket and, and, and the kids come over and we just spent an hour playing and we haven't done like just that in a long time. It, it wasn't planned. It wasn't, you know, it's just spontaneously, you know, Paul was under the blanket with me and we were trying to keep Nora out from getting under the blanket with us. And, you know, we started wrestling and playing and getting loud and rowdy. And I didn't mind that they were getting noisy. You know, like sometimes you get perturbed by that noise and just that play and some of the things. And I don't know, it's just, it's started to to create like some perspective that, 
you know, that I haven't had in a while that I need to get back. And even like just on my way to take the kids uh, to school, I was on my way there and they're in the back playing Bennett, Nate, your son and, and Paul and, and Will Stuckey. Um, and I'm taking them to school and, you know, not feeling real good and just sitting there thinking like, I don't know, just looking at like we had talked last podcast at nature and just thinking about God and thinking about, you know, you know, Lord, if, you know, if I'm going to do this and do this well, it's going to be because of you, you know, and I don't know, just been a lot of times like that, that have those created. And I hate posting stuff on Facebook, but every day this week I've been <laughs> posting stuff on the, just try to encourage people with the fast and everything that's going on. You know, I've been posting stuff every day, which is, I, I wish I could explain to you. I know that's probably easy for a lot of people that are listening, but I absolutely hate like that. Um, Cody, I should give you the job because no. you are a beast at <laughs> posting. You are so good at posting. But how, but how many Facebook. people in the church are fasting from Facebook? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Ironically, no one's seeing any of my posts, and the only month that it's going to happen is the month when no one will watch. I think that's a beautiful thing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, but, but it's it has been that for me. What about you, Nate? Like, how have you felt? Like, it's. I like the uh, I like the intentionality behind it. Um, I like, as you said, it's it's a corporate fast, so it's something that you know everybody in the church can, um, you know, talk about, um, and just kind of, just kind of get on board with and struggle with, with each other. Like you said, Kevin, like you, you said, this would be monumentally harder than what it even is now. If you knew that you were doing this by yourself, Absolutely. but since others are doing this with you and you know that, um, I, I think that's just a really cool thing. Uh, anytime you can get a whole church or congregation or group of people on board with something like that. Um, the other way I like the intentionality about it is, um, is that, you know, like my fast, what I'm doing is definitely not as, as crazy as what a lot of other people are probably doing, but just little instances, at least these first two to three days that I've done it, you know, I've caught myself. Okay. I, I, I told myself, I told God, I told my family that for 21 days, I'm not going to do this. So little reminders where I was like, okay, I put, I'm putting God first here. This is my reminder that I'm exalting God before myself, before my wants, or even my perceived needs. Um, I, I, th- I think that's a cool thing. I think the intentionality behind it's really cool too. And I, you know, I would just, I would, I would come in and say, I don't think it matters what you're fasting yeah. from. You know, yeah. I think there are. I think we. It's it's like anything. Like we have these perceptions that like this is better than this. I really don't. I think I think the point of it is. You know, it was kind of like what we talked about going in. What you praying about, what you see God calling you to, and then going after that. And I and and again, I, I think you absolutely nailed it when you talked about this being a corporate fast. And you know, I I'd mentioned like Nelson's texted me. We've texted as a group and kind of tried to talked a little bit about it. I've talked to other people in other text groups. You know about how they're getting going how's how it's going for them and and all that stuff and that's so valuable you know for us um to 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 bless one another uh in that way and to encourage and strengthen one another i mean iron sharpens iron right Mm -hmm. like and and that's that's what this is all about it's a time of awakening it's a time of empowering it's a time of seeking god in a deeper way and seeing what he's going to do 
Um, you know, our government's failed us. Politics have failed us. Our president's failed us. You know, you know, the everybody handling this pandemic has failed us. You know, the pandemic in itself <laughs> is a failure. You know, economically, you know, there's a lot of people struggling. There's a lot of failure, like even from the amount of people that are coming to church and focusing, you know, on their relationship with God right now. I mean, there's a real failure there. But God has never failed us, and He never will. And and it's re-establishing the foundation that we already had in a way that is stronger and deeper than ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> if you uh, if if you're listening and and you want to be a part of the fast, just let any of us know. Um, we we would love to share the rest of our stories and and you know what we're what we're dedicating ourselves and to God. Um, over the next 21 days. So yeah, hit us up. And that's a good point too. Like just because you didn't start the thing with us doesn't mean you can't yep. finish it with us. And that's right. what I was going to, I was yeah. thinking about that for Sunday. One of the things I want to talk about my sermon is, Hey, listen, if you, if you didn't do this and you're joining us the first time, like jump in, there's 14 days yeah. left. And then the week after there's seven days left. Like, you know, so, um, and we're going to break it on Super Bowl Sunday, so like, don't freak out about you know missing out. You totally meant to do that, didn't you? On the festivities. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I actually accidentally did that, but I started looking afterwards because I had but, a buddy. But let me ask you, did Emma call you out on that? I could see Emma like calling you out on that. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. After the fact. After the fact, it's already established. But I had a buddy call me and he's like, I remember when I started, when I ran my first fast, like, you know, like I'm an idiot because I didn't plan it out right. Because I, I didn't know. I was like, is it going to fall on Super Bowl Sunday? And I just start checking dates and stuff. I was like, oh, thank you, God. Like that was the Holy Spirit for sure. <laughs> God does work in mysterious ways. Yeah. Well, good stuff, guys. Yeah. Let us know if, uh, if you want any more information on that. Um, Kevin, before we get into our topic today, I know, um, we wanted to kind of recap the sermon series, um, sermons on, or sermon series is on, uh, David. Um, and, uh, if you'd give us a recap of Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so sermon Sunday, we talked about, um, King David again, uh, going through a series called the gospel according to David. And, and really in that we talked about where David had really come to a time of peace in his life of prosperity and just where Israel was in a really good place. And so he looks over, he's got this nice house. He's sitting in there, you know, he's got nice big cedar paneling and it's just beautiful place. And he looks over and sees the tent, you know, the temple, the tabernacle. It wasn't the temple at that time. It was a tabernacle looks over, sees this tent and that's where, you know, the Ark of the covenant and where God's hanging out. And he's like, I'm going to build God a temple. Um, and, and, and essentially it's God coming in saying, no, no, I'm not, you don't build me. I build you. And, and really that, like, that's a picture of grace for us. You know, we, we have this mentality that we have to do this and do this and do this. And then God will accept me. If I get my life to this place, then, then God will accept me. If, if I can start coming to church and, and start establishing this, this life of, of, of being a good person, then God will love me. And that's the opposite. You know, I just say anybody who's contemplating, you know, giving their life to Christ, you got to understand that is the opposite. What it looks like is God coming in through Jesus Christ, dying, being risen from the grave, conquering death and sin and making a way so that we could have a relationship with God. Not on anything that we did. It's not our merit. It's not our work. It's not what we do, but it's what he does in us. 
um, that saves us. And, and, and that's essentially what he was saying to David. Listen, it's not what you do for me. It's what I do for you. I am God. I am creator. Uh, and I have it all. Yeah. Good stuff. <clears throat> all right. So, uh, we, we kind of kicked around the idea, uh, well, yesterday, actually. We were a little late to the game this week, but... Not that we weren't trying. No, yeah. we were throwing, yeah. yeah, some texts back and forth. Yeah. Nelson's really good about keeping us on track. Yes. Though. Good job, Nelson. Yes, he is. Good job, man. Uh, so if we I came up with more ideas, it would be better. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we kicked around the idea of mentorship um, for today's topic, and I think that's a really good... T- I'm, I'm really honestly surprised we didn't come up with that yeah. idea beforehand. Well, we had... If you remember, when we did... When we had the superintendents on, we did talk about that. We did. Just a little, a little bit. bit. Right. It wasn't like... Yeah. We didn't get into a whole lot, but we were just... We just asked them, you know, have you had any good mentors? You know, who were they? Sure. Um, so we, we kind of brushed the surface, but I feel like there's just so much more in that topic that we can hit. A ton. I've got my, my shout-out list ready. I was I was really excited when you said this because I mean for me, I, I and I think it goes for everybody. We I think we overlook our mentors a lot of the time and we don't you know give them credit for how they have worked in our lives and and in a lot of cases I'm sure with us for um, how they've kind of brought God to the forefront of our lives or yeah. help bring God to the forefront of our lives. So yeah, I was really excited for it. So it's like immediately when you hear the term mentor. I, I, I speak for myself, but like I can immediately picture men in my life where as soon as you hear the word, yeah. you know who you're thinking. Absolutely. About, you know, no, ifs, a, ands, yeah, no questions about it. And, yeah. and honestly, when I started making the list of people that, you know, that I know had impacted me, I mean, there are like four or five that just, it's boom, 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 boom. Like I know who they are. But then as you start thinking about those guys, you're like, you know what? This person like was really kind of a mentor here. And this person was kind of a mentor here. And this yep, person really exactly. influenced me here. And yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I kind of like, kind of like when you were you know talking about, you know, God placed them in that part of your life, you know, and I wrote that down. Like one of the first things is like, there's different mentors for different stages of your life. And God has placed them and that relationship in your life for that time yeah, to prepare you for something, you know, you might not know it for years or you might know it immediately, but he places people in your life for a reason. That's what makes it hard. You know, I mean, all of us have occupations and, and like you guys have, have done your jobs long enough to know, like there are points where you were probably ready to quit. You were probably really frustrated and angry and upset. Um, and, and you, you look back at those times and you think, you know what, like at that point, if this would have happened this way, like I would have been gone, but I stuck it out. And because of that, like I'm, I'm better for that. You know, I'm a better person. I'm a better human being. I'm a better man. And I'm more able to deal with these types of situations now because of that situ, because of what I went through. And so, you know, as I think about like mentoring other people, and as I think about like, even like people that mentored me, it wasn't a taking away of those situations. It was just a companion that walked with me through those times, you know, that, that really, and it's kind of like what we're talking about with the fasting thing, having individuals around you that can walk through this thing with you. That is, that's going to make this more doable, more, more manageable, you know, more, you're more able to, to function properly within it and give you good guidance, you know, as you're doing it. Yeah, definitely. Cody, what do you think, man? What do you think mentorship? What I think about it? Yeah. 
No, I um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't hardly think of because you guys have said everything that I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have a specific question, but no, um, you know, I, obviously, there's mentors like you guys have already alluded to is in every aspect of our lives. And well, so, let me let me ask you a question: Who has been a really key mentor for you? Why? And 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 what was it that they did in your life that that maybe pulled you through or you know kind of you know blessed you in that way? I would the first person when we brought up the mentorship, it you would think that it'd be like maybe like my dad. He's one. Yeah, he's obviously Absolutely. one. Like think, like you yeah. said, like when you ask mentor, there's that list of people that you're like boom boom boom. Yeah. But then when I started thinking about it yesterday, I the commander of my academy came up. And I say that because our academy faced so much, uh, what down stuff, like things that were negative during that time. You know, we had a cadet that passed away from a car crash. And then of course my son passed away during my academy and he was my stronghold through that entire process because he was the guy that challenged me after my son died. He, I went to, I went to his office and I said, I'll be back at the next academy. I'm done. I can't be here. And we talked for a little bit and he said, um, he was like, just give me, give me one hour. He's like, you know, if you can give me one hour and you can come back and tell me you're ready to quit, then you go ahead and quit. So I gave him an hour cause I, I love that guy so much and came back and then give me one more hour. So I did. And we did that for two weeks. It was like mm-hmm. every day, you know, and he's like, make sure you're back tomorrow morning. And you know, not, it wasn't just that. It was, you know, him constantly just preaching about doing the right thing, doing the right thing, always do the right thing. And that's the lifestyle that I've lived in my profession is, you know, I've tried to always do the right thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that he said in that short six-month time frame. Um, and I still I still talk to him. And that's what I think when, when you experience a good mentor in phases of life that Nelson mentioned when you can still pick up the phone or run into them and have that conversation and still feel that enthusiasm that they bring to that aspect of your life. Um, you know, cause I call him to recruit cadets now from his Academy mm-hmm. and you know, we end up talking for 30 minutes every time, just how's a family, how's this, how's that? Yeah. So he was definitely a great mentor for me first for personal reasons and professional reasons. And, one that Cody, that's a great story, man. Um, great story. Uh, one thing that I I kind of thought of, you know, like I was kind of trying to put myself in the shoes of my mentors, and maybe you guys feel the same way. Do you think that your mentors, the guys that you look up to, um, do you think that they knew that they were mentors to you, or do you think they even tried to be mentors to you in I, ways? I would say. I mean, this is, I guess, my answer, but I would say that they don't try. I think mentors are good people, and they're not somebody that tries to bring people underneath of them because their leadership just naturally causes that. Mm. And, you know, like, you know, obviously Jesus was a mentor, and he he didn't, like, reach for people and say, if you follow me, you know, you're going to experience great things that people just naturally were attracted to the leadership that he presented, yeah. you know? And so... I don't think it's something that, that they really put in much effort in their life. Like, I want to be a mentor today. You know, no, it's I want to be a good leader and I want to let the people that I'm with experience what 
I know is good and I know is right. And that's in whatever aspect you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't experience somebody walking into your life and saying, "I'm going to be your mentor." You know, <laughs> like, like it's that's just not. I mean, you're naturally drawn to these people that have a good heart. And but I would say too, like, I mean, like our dads. It, yeah. You know, if your dad is your mentor, like, there is no, there is no. It just happens naturally. Like, no, when he decided to have you as a child, that process began. And so there are people. I think though, it is a responsibility almost. I mean, yeah. think about like your jobs, like right. whether you want it or not, those guys that are your sergeants or your, you know, whatever in your job or, you know, doctors or whatever in yours and, you know, superintendents and principals in yours, like they are, you know, whether they want that role or not, it, to a degree, just out of mentors, ex- whether they're good or bad, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> now that's yeah. a question to be answered, you know, as time goes on, but they are that. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, Cody, you've talked about this on the podcast. Like, there have been some really bad influences on some of these young guys you see coming in mm-hmm. that you have had conversation with. Say, no, like that's not what this is. Like, that's not where your mind needs to be. Right. That's because you've become a mentor, you sure. know, to them because you're you're higher up, you know, at least for a time or right. whatever in their life. And so, well, I do agree with you. I think I think good leaders naturally mentor, you know. Absolutely, and your best, the probably those men in your lives that, mm-hmm. that, that that's happened with have, you know, happened. Uh, that's how it's happened. You know, they've they've you you accepted them as your mentor, right. right? But I think there are people that probably have influenced us that we haven't accepted as mentors that have mentored us. Probably. Mm-hmm. Well, the, I mean, one of the big reasons I asked that question was because you know, like when my, when my dad passed, I felt like there was that group of men that made it their intentional mission to come and try try i mean you're never going to fill that spot but try to fill some sort of semblance of a fatherly figure and and i mean i i feel the same way like if i have a student who i know their dad passed like that's something i identify with and sure yeah i you know you're again you're never going to fill that spot but you try to come in and 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 do what you can so i i don't know that's probably i think that's where my mind was at kind of going with that question Um, well i think too like there's a responsibility, you know, uh, in that as well, depending on our relationship with someone, you know, um, you know, to, to love and to encourage and to mentor as, as we can because of the loss. I mean, ultimately like that's the church's role as a Christian, that's our role. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think there, I think it's wise as we think about mentorship to think about you know, the ways that we can mentor and love others. And for, you know, like we talked about with the fast, again, I keep going back to this, right? But like the intentionality, you know, of that, what does that mean? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a more focused, but shouldn't that be something that we have every day? (laughs) You know, that's that's interesting to think about that with just a recent experience I've had at work was, um, a coworker had a, their, they experienced a miscarriage and this is, couple, three weeks ago now. And that's something that my wife and I went through last year. And I just went up to him at work and I said, Hey man, like, and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, I understand hundred percent. I just know that I've been there. And I said, whenever you want to talk about it, you can come find me. And he did, you know, a few days later, he, you know, a week later he came back and he just wanted to talk for a few minutes about it. And I'm sure we'll talk again. But I mean, now that I look at it that way, maybe, you know, maybe I am a little bit of a mentor in that situation for him at the moment, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Kevin? Um, you know, for me, you know, I think, man, I just, I love the comment, you know, that Nelson said just about God bringing, you know, the right people at the right time. And I, that is one thing, you know, and I, maybe, do you guys feel like the same way with you guys, with your own lives? Like, do you feel like that's what it was for you? Just like a stream of people that God brought into your life at different times that just... Hindsight 2020, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, yeah. I didn't think no. of it. Yeah. yeah. I just, though, like, I always think about that. That's something that is always on my mind. Just And I just think about, like, where, I've, where I am today and, like, what I'm doing. And I would not be who I am if it weren't for all of those individuals, mm-hmm. you know, and the investment that they put in me. And I, I, I do know this, like the way that, that I, that I kind of went through life was, you know, at different points, like I would see someone who I just, I saw some characteristics in their life and the way they did things and how they did things that I really just, I, it just excited me or it was something that I wanted to in my life and then I would just attach myself to them but they allowed me to mm-hmm. that was the beauty of, of of how God used these different relationships and so my history professor at Cincinnati Christian University I mean here's what he wrote on my first paper he wrote first paper I, I turned in for college for his class this is not college level material okay <laughs> now you know that could have freaked me out but he was such a good guy you know, lived in the dorms. He was a single guy. He was a dorm, uh, what do you call it? Residential assistant or yes, something. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, I, I had, you know, interactions with him all the time. Plus, he was, you know, a professor there. But then just through time and through friends, he became a very important figure in my life. You know, uh, I went on a mission trip to Cuba, Miami, and... and um, uh, Costa Rica with him. Like we spent, we spent the entire summer, three months, you know, on, on this mission trip. Like, you know, he just became such a huge part of my life for that phase. And now, you know, I'll, I still talk to him here and there, but like nothing like we used to, but then it just went from him to, you know, another man, uh, called the G. Um, and the G, his name's Anthony Donner. Now you know why we call him the G <laughs> and a preacher, you know, uh, some, several small churches never had a really long ministry anywhere, you know, bounced around, you know, went through a lot of junk, you know, from the church in that standpoint. And, but when I was going through some real hardships here at Leesburg, when I first started, you know, being this young, dumb kid that came in here thinking he was going to change the world and then realizing, you know, when ad- and adversity came, like, I didn't know how to handle this, you know, having a guy there that I could really confide in. And he, you know, it wasn't that he ever that I ever needed him to give me any great advice. I just needed somebody just to walk with me mm-hmm. and say, "I've been there. I know how you feel." I mean, that was so huge during that phase. I mean, I really believe that I wouldn't be in the ministry if it weren't for his friendship during that time and his mentorship. Um, but then, even after that, in graduate school with Tom Thatcher, uh, a he's the biblical Bible professor at Cincinnati Christian University. He's now working. Um, with a with a church uh, group that goes out and kind of identifies like weaknesses and strengths in churches and helps them kind of break plateaus and things. Um, but that man, like just the way he taught and the way his perspective on how he saw God and just it was how he talked about you in your ministry. He made you feel like you were 
ministering, you know, and doing all these great, like he made you feel like what you're doing really mattered, you know, and that was a big deal, you know, because I think you guys all have experienced those times where you just feel like, is this really making mm-hmm. a difference? Does this mm-hmm. really matter? Is what is my life and what I'm doing, is it really important? You know, but it's, I needed those men, not, not one of them to be there the whole time, but each of them to give me perspectives. And, and in certain ways, I outgrew, you know, that mentorship, you know, but that's, that's what it, as a mentor, you should hope that, right? That the right. people that you're mentoring outgrow the need for you to where they go on and they're actually doing what you're doing now. And, and that was like the beauty. I just think that is such a beautiful God, Holy Spirit working in our lives thing that when we look back on all the ways that people have influenced and touched our lives throughout the years, like there is no doubt, like God had a huge part in that. Like God's hand was in that. And if it wasn't, there's no way that you would be where you are today. Mm-hmm. Nelson, who would you say might be some mentors in your life? Well, we got the hot list here. Um, <laughs> for To start out, when I was a teenager, um, I randomly went to uh, a church event at a house uh, of a a, bi- a member of our church that was a pretty substantial member of a church, and um, he was a tobacco farmer. And I didn't know the first thing about farming tobacco. And the next day I started working at his farm, <laughs> and it was probably the worst work I've ever done in my entire life, but that man taught me how to work. And he, and he was a contractor and a farmer, and I learned he, he paid us very little, but we cost him a lot of money in broken tools and equipment, and he let us learn how to be men and how to work and how to work hard. And I would be forever grateful to him. And uh, his name is Bob Blakemore. Um, and then um, that prepared me for the air force. And there's a uh, tech sergeant, Todd Nelson was uh, a big mentor at my first base that he really has a special place in my heart for how he kind of took me under my wing as a, you know, 18, 19 year old kid showing up away from home and no money and no car. And, and, uh, you know, just taught me how to do that and how to manipulate that world and navigate through that experience and to get the most out of it and to experience it and have fun with it. And, um, uh, an, another one would be, uh, my youth minister was Lyle Drury. He actually performed my wedding up here, uh, when we got married five years ago. Where did you guys get married at? Uh, Creekview. Okay. Yeah. A little, yeah. um, and uh, he actually came up from Kentucky to do our wedding, and um, he's just always had a special place in my heart, and always will. And to see, you know, you know, and now to see his kids are going to college, and that's you know blowing my mind a little bit. But uh, those, you know, so Bob, Todd, and Lyle really have special places in my life, and um, and it's when you when you say the word mentor, that's those are the those are the, some of the three that come, you know, yeah. yeah. Cody, I'll get back to high school and and I would like I think about my basketball coach Joe B. Stewart. Um, you know he was such a a good person for me at that time in my life. And I remember one point I was a junior in high school, and you know we our team talent wise was probably the best in the county, if not southwest ohio i mean nate might disagree because he's from greenfield but we were pretty good and you know we were struggling all right (laughs) 
uh, we were struggling, losing some games we shouldn't have lost. And I'll never forget, he brought us all in after practice one day, and he ripped us up downside. I mean, completely tore us down. But he said, uh, it's always stuck with me. He said, you know, when you get dealt the hand of cards that you're dealt, you play that hand to the best of your ability. And that's always stuck with me. Um, and anytime I've ever had a hardship in life, I always think about that moment. And so, you know, going back, you know, mentors are impactful in our lives. Like that's obviously a, a sign of somebody who was a good mentor at that part, part of my life. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier, my dad, you know, he's a great mentor and that's just a general umbrella. I mean, my dad's an amazing guy. He showed me how to love his wife, be a good dad. Um, he's not perfect and he never claimed to be. But, you know, he was always there for me. I can think of many times of me and him on the road going to basketball games, AAU basketball games or whatever. Mom and dad never had the money, it seemed like, but they always made sure that their kids were able to do what they wanted to do. And, you know, that's something that I that I want to be as a father, um, you know, so I can't forget that shout out for my old pappy Jim. Um, <laughs> pappy. Yeah. And then I, you know, in 2019, I was going through a lot of depression and struggling in my life. You know, I was still working night shift. We worked 12 hours a day. Um, you know, I didn't see my kids a whole lot, you know, and when I did, I was so freaking tired that I couldn't even muster the energy. And plus when you're going through depression, it depletes your energy, right? Um, so I, I subsidized that with working out and I invested time in that, but I was investing time in wrong areas of my life and working out was one of them. And, and so, um, you know, I, went on vacation during, I think it was June, May, June, July, somewhere in 2019. And it was for my cousin. She was getting married and the Abbots were there and Greg Abbott was, was, was there. And he started talking to me and he really challenged me, you know, about my priorities. And at first I kind of was offended by it, but I needed somebody that was strong minded to call me out. Somebody that, you know, I can respect their opinion because I'm, if somebody just comes up to me and basically says, you suck as a dad, like I might punch him in the face. He's not one of those guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, he he kind of said that, but not so in those words. None of us can say you suck as a dad. Well, maybe you guys now, but not at that time. Because <laughs> I know I suck. <laughs> but, uh, no, but he challenged me. And that moment was monumental because then it enabled me to – prioritize things different. And then I started realizing that when I put God center, not top, but center in my life, everything else started flowing. I became friends with people in in the church that are good people. We, you know, my kids are invested with good friendships with their, their kids. And, you know, and, and not that my life's perfect or is always great, but man, like life has really just transpired into something so much better than it was two years ago. I mean, I, I look back and just I thank God every day that, you know, that conversation was had on the beach in Florida, yeah. you know, so it started something good for me in my life and my family. Yeah, that's a neat story, man. You don't always, you know, hear those stories on a beach in Florida. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually yeah. bad things happen there. So. What yeah. are you talking about? I've, it's always been good for me. We'll, we'll talk about this. <laughs> that's the B-roll. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have a really long list of mentors, um, just men in my life who've helped me through tough times and good times and, you know, made the good times better. Um, and just really, really good, solid dudes, um, who love Jesus. So, um, my first one have to be like Rick Schloop. Um, he's, uh, he works for compassion international, but he lives in Greenfield and 
Um, I, I remember Rick, gosh, for he's been in my life for almost ever, <clears throat> um, was a, uh, <clears throat> basically was my, uh, youth, youth pastor in, in high school. Uh, we'd meet at McDonald's once a week, um, before school, me and a group of guys. And we basically just had a life group. And, um, I, I can't tell you how compassionate he is, uh, how forgiving he is of a bunch of dumb high schoolers, um, and, and he just made a huge impact on my life, um, in, in high school and, and even before that. So I got to give, I got to give Rick props. He, he helped lead us into a, I feel like a, a pretty good direction, um, which, you know, upward is going, <laughs> he led us to Jesus essentially. Um, he was, he was kind of that foundational piece. So major props to him. Um, I got, I got to like Cody, I got to give it to my high school basketball coach too, coach Van Meter. Um, you know, he, he taught me how to take criticism, uh, constructive or not. (laughs) Uh, but I mean, I feel like he made me, um, help make me mentally stronger. Um, and and I just forever indebted to him for that. Even Um, when he throws chairs and stuff on the court. Yeah. 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 That we, you know, gotta do what you gotta do to get that call, man. (laughs) Um, you know, and, and Rick Unger too, um, you know, Rick passed away, three or four years ago, but Rick was my middle school, um, youth group leader in church. And, um, we all know Rick is a big time. He was a big time farmer and, um, but he was just a better man. Um, it it was just awesome to, to have him in my life. Uh, so there's three Ricks right there. Um, guys that I grew up in the church with that I just admired was, you know, guys like Otis Wagner and Ron Coffey, um, and, and Mike Anderson, just uh just good solid dudes that they didn't have to do much the light you could clearly see shown through them um they didn't have to try real hard to uh to show people that so i always respected that a lot and and looked up to them um rich teske he was uh he was my youth pastor in college uh he was just an extension of of rick schloop like you know forgiving of stupid dumb college boys doing stupid dumb college stuff um, and he would always work. to get into that. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, me neither. That stuff. Let's yeah. dive deeper into that. <laughs> Maybe some other time. Maybe not on the air. Uh, but, you know, Rich was a, a huge part of my life too. And, you know, big thanks goes to him. And Keith Wasserman, um, I worked for him at Good Works for, for a couple years. And he, he taught me the meaning of the P word perspective. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he was a big part of just my life and my growth, um, throughout college. Uh, and then, you know, finally, uh, you know, my, some of my family members, like my uncle, Terry, Terry Washburn, um, he, he kind of helped fill that void once dad passed. Um, he was that guy who, you know, I was kind of mentioning just intentionally filled, uh, whatever he could, um, gave his time up to me and, and my siblings, um, growing up. So, Uncle Terry was big, um, definitely big growing up. I'm trying not to cry, guys. So I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Just let it go. No, you're I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, and then also, um, you know, my two dads, Wayne Burgess. Um, you know, as much as we joke around with each other and call each other names and call each other stupid, which he is. I mean, <laughs> but it gets intense he, uh, too. I was there. I I got to experience that for like five minutes. And yeah. I was like. 
I don't know if like they're really like yelling at each other right now or if like this is just like normal. And then Nate afterwards <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's how we always I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. it scared me. <laughs> yeah. Hate that guy, but I love him, too. Uh, he's he's been awesome. Um, and then, of course, my, my stepdad, Danny, um, seeing the way that he treats my mom and, uh, you know, mom had a really difficult time growing up, raising four kids um, without a husband. So you know, just him coming into her life and being a blessing and treating me as if I was his own, um, and showing me, just showing me a lot of good stuff. Uh, I, I owe a lot to him. So yeah. Good stuff, That's man. It. You know, I, I think it's amazing, you know, as we've, as we become like adults and we look back, you know, there are people in our lives that I think you know there were there were clear this guy was a mentor this 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 person was really important but then there are those like that just under the radar and i that's how dad was for me like it you know he didn't he, you know mom was the more outgoing one in our in our family but he just was constant and constantly lived his life for Christ and i remember it was his birthday a couple years ago the Bible that I used all the way through college and then a book that just was really important to me, like in college, I gave that to him for his birthday. And I just remember how meaningful that was. But like, I just, you know, I think about, I don't become this person unless you are this person in my life, you know? And like, I didn't recognize at the time, at the time, like we were fighting all the time. And even now, like doing business together, like him and I, we still butt heads a lot. Like Mm -hmm. we, you know, (laughs) the other day, my sister's sitting there and dad and I just go at it, just boom, boom, like he's yelling, I'm yelling, and then like we're just talking like normal five minutes later, and <laughs> and my sister's sitting there like, I couldn't do that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, I couldn't handle that, like I would be falling to pieces, and she would, like, you know, she just, but like him and I, like we, we respect each other, we love each other, we don't always agree, but like there is this, he's become honestly one of my best friends, you know over the last several years of doing business with him. And I just didn't think that was possible in high school. I didn't, (laughs) I was looking for every opportunity to get out of this house, you know? Um, but it's amazing how God sometimes does that. Like, you know, those people that you just don't, you don't think of them that way, but then they just become that person Mm -hmm. after looking back because they were there, they were consistent. They were, you know, when no one else was there, they were there and they loved you regardless. That's, that's huge stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And you know, you want to know like why we're seeing kind of a downfall in this nation? It's because there, you know, there's not enough of that happening. Like, you know, like as like we've seen in our lives, you know, I, you don't become a healthy person unless there are healthy people pouring into you. This just doesn't happen. All right. I wanted to end um with uh second Timothy uh one seven. Um I just love this and you know I love you have two individuals here, Timothy and Paul. Paul is like the epitome of a good mentor. You know, and if you want to learn about how to be a good mentor in in the people that you love's life, read, you know, first second Timothy um, are fantastic. Titus is another good one to read. Uh, but, but Paul talks about this. He talks about mentorship and in this passage, uh, he's talking to Timothy and he just says, Hey, 
God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You know, and it's, it's how Paul lived his life and specifically intentionally called Timothy into, and then Timothy becomes just this incredibly powerful leader in the church, you know, because of that relationship and, and, and the mentorship that Paul gave him at, at a very young age, you know, coming into ministry. And I just think it's so important for us. You know, if you have people in your lives, I, again, I, I think it should come naturally, but first it has to come intentionally. First, intentionally you have to go and you have to seek God and, and, and center your life in Him uh, and, and become that person that can then mentor other people. And whether you want to or not, you have that with your kids. <laughs> you know, you will be their mentor regardless of whether they want you or the rest of the world wants you to. And so learning and understanding that more is so important. And so I would just say embrace that. Uh, you know you can look back on your life and find all those people who have meant so much to you. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if you, if, if the way you repaid them is by becoming that to someone else? Like that's just a beautiful thing to to, to pass on a legacy of, of someone who's touched your life that way. That's all I got. Anybody have anything else? I got some thank you nights, notes to write, I do believe. Oh, yeah, that's man. a like, good that's assignment. Really, it's, it's heavy on you, man. You think about what these men did for you and unknowingly and without regard for what it cost them and what time they spent. And at the time, you take it entirely for granted. Yeah. So I think that's going to... That's so, a good homework assignment. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean to assign homework. That was not Nelson just assigned homework. He, I'm not the teacher. Cody, Nate how do you feel about that? The You're the worst sub ever. <laughs> We're just supposed to watch movies, right? Yeah, <laughs> movies and popcorn, man. <laughs> I got Netflix to watch. Oh shoot! <laughs> good stuff. No, I I like that, and I do. I think it's you know whether it's a note, a phone call, whatever. You know, that's one thing. Like I say, you know, with dad, you know, that I did and, and a lot of these guys, I've called them and said, listen, like, this is what you mean to me. You know, and that is huge. Sure. Uh, because a lot of those people are doing it with it, not because they're not for thanks, you know, not for recognition, but it is good to recognize those individuals. So, well, this is us signing off after we pray. Question mark. Yeah, let's do it. I'll go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for once again letting us come here tonight and uh, spill our thoughts out on the air, Um, whether they're good or not, Lord. um, They're still about you yeah, and and what you've done in our lives and and how you've put other people in our lives um, that have made us happy, that have helped us grown, and uh, have helped shape us into... Um, people that can possibly mentor on uh, to others and to minister to others. Lord, just thank you for those uh, men in our lives and even women in our lives that we may not have mentioned. Um, God knows that you, you you put a ton of those people in our lives, and, and I pray that we can just recognize them and, and give them thanks and give you thanks along the way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 See ya. Deuces. Bye-bye. Later.